This is part five of the audio journey of the Hollywood Hills Trilogy, volume three, Dark Lights and Bright Shadows. Number 29, social dysfunctions. <sighs> Don't even wanna go out anymore. Maybe because I'm not so young now, plus it all feels like the same cliches anyways. Seen it all, done it all already, so I'd rather just stay in the house. Plus, nothing overly productive ever comes from most overproduced social functions. It's usually just overused people trying to meet new people that they think will elevate their social or financial situations. Gold diggers, actors with no features, investors with low figures, singers with fake gold zippers, coke sniffers with four fingers, silicone exposed strippers, and old directors of so-so pictures all lingering together in rooms of smoke and mirrors to toast cold liquor. Huh. Go figure. So I'd rather just stay at home in the zone writing these poems instead of Go out on the town clubbing, see. I'd rather be known for what I create on my own than be known for being someone who's famous for nothing. <laughs> and if you feel the same way, hit me up. Come over and create. Got enough space for you to find a place. I've got a big house. You're more than welcome to swing through and do what you do. I've got multiple rooms and beautiful views throughout where you can go in to get it all out and record it all down instead of go out to get involved with the mediocre crowds. And even if we do decide to go out, hmm, it would definitely not be the clubs. It'd be the art shows or nature walks where we can just chill out, either solo alone or with someone or some ones that we love. Because whenever they say an event will be, oh my God, so turned up, we just dismiss it, shrug our shoulders, don't show up and respond with, so freaking what? Because I'm done going out in the town to mess around. I'm grown now. Not going out just to get trapped in some con's contraption at a place where the truth's too quiet, the music's too loud, and everyone's on the wall instead of getting involved in the action, not looking around, but looking down, Instagramming and Snapchatting, trying to show off to everyone that's not there what's happening in an attempt to show off what a good time they're having, even though they're depressed as fuck inside, slowly dismantling. Hey, that's not originality inception. That's creativity contraception. That's washed up. That's played out. That's not tight. Huh. That's unraveling. So, no. I don't even want to go out anymore. Maybe because I'm not so young now. Plus, it all feels like the same old cliches anyways. Seen it all and done it all already. So, psh, I'd rather just stay in the house. Thirty, somewhere in California. Woke up uh, somewhere in California at an absolutely beautiful girl's house. What a wonderful world. What a wonderful morning. What a 
wonderful life grateful it's not all just black and white feels so good i could go dancing in the rain like james stewart more louis armstrong than lance armstrong because i still got both balls yep that's good news first bad news is we had some walls up at first but through dedication and radiant love we powered through it we awoke each other's souls so now we're waking up every day to good vibes and good music good morning and she's already awake to greet me in bed with tempeh and eggs a kiss on the head yes and an organic cappuccino for sure whole meal homemade with whole foods by a soul queen no spam no ma'am just blissful blessings yes sir MC Yogi on the speakers reminding us to give love, of course, was a lonely island till the s- celestial deity reached my shore. Not a comedy, no sandbird, just blue water and white sand forts. Wipe the sleep from my eyes. Think it's real, but I just want to be sure. You know it's, you know it's real when a, she's as beautiful the morning after as she was the night before somewhere in California. Humming verses, strumming kirtan and bumping gangster music, a vivid mix of futuristic, livid linguistics and other exquisite mixes. It's fitting I make a poem of the moment from these thoughts which come from all the emotions these experiences have brought a California native born into a surreal existential existence with the persistence to connect the dots of these intense plots. He's aloof, elusive, reclusive, and often difficult to witness, so every call sounds long distance even when it's not. And if it ever gets too intense and complex, you can reach him even if you've overspent and can't afford a lot because you can always call collect if you need him and even if he's busy for you, he'll usually pick up. He was conceived in Hollywood. He grew in his mother's womb, which is why it makes sense that everything feels like a movie or at least the realest surreal reality show ever shown. Battling in this war of worlds with a war of words in the name of universal peace for all. See, I'll take life before I make life. I will take a life before I make one. I guess that makes me part environmentalist, part eugenicist. But I'm quick to jump into action if I witness an injustice. I guess that makes me part combatant, part pacifist. But I also make people move their mouths with the moves I make. My name in the air, I guess I'm also part ventriloquist. Make so much money, it doesn't even make sense. And this poem's almost finished. But first, one question. How real is this? How real is it waking up somewhere in California at an absolutely beautiful girl's house? What a wonderful world. What a wonderful morning. What a wonderful life. Grateful. It's all just not all black and white. It feels so good. I could go dancing in the rain like James Stewart. More Louis Armstrong than Lance Armstrong because I still got both my balls. Yep, that's the good news first. Bad news is we had some walls up at first. But the good news is through dedication and radiant love, we powered through it. 
we awoke each other's souls with inspiration and compliments and positive affirmations. So now we're waking up every day to good vibes, good food, and good music. Good morning from somewhere in California at this absolutely beautiful girl's house. What a good morning. Good morning. <sighs> 31, somewhere in Silver Lake. I wake up with no shirt on awake but not woke somewhere in Silver Lake with some girl in her bed. My head aches so bad it feels like it's broke. Not sure if she and I fucked or if there was any flirting or what, which makes sense since it seems there's nothing here that I'm sure of. Except that this place needs some sorting out and could use some cleaning up. Plus, I've got this overwhelming urge to cover up because the curtain's up. And the sun is up, bright as a quasar shining. Too bright like it usually is on mornings such as these. Don't remember much about the night before this morning, but I do remember one thing. Last night was Halloween. Had a a crew with me too, A-list actors and such wilding out while hiding out at Hyde. I remember after Hyde, we headed up into the hills to Seth's house. You know Seth, that guy that created the family guy? Where we were going off like Nick Cannon, telling jokes like Kevin Hart. Freestyling with Zac Efron while flirting with starlets under that starlit sky. Servers serving, senses blurring, mixed drinks mixing, a potent mix of egos and martinis made me tipsy and high. Conversing in costumes on the only night that we don't hide because it's not every day that you see someone's disguise. In the fast lane, there's no off-ramp or time to think, just time to drink and have a good time while waving by, while passing poetic waxing, latest fashions might miss us if you blink, so don't blink. Speeding shirt off, vampire disguise on, flashing action, vampire cape waving in the wind of the black Uber XL, awesome, on one, drunk as hell, hanging out the window laughing. This is such a heavenly hell and one I know all too well. Next day I woke up in this bed but I don't know exactly how it happened but what I do know is there is some tension hanging lazily lingering suspended in the air and I still don't have a shirt on and I still don't know how the hell I got here now I'm thinking to myself how the heck did I get here and how the heck do I get out how did I get here let me think about it. Probably took the trail lit up by my high hopes and low self-esteem, which probably led me to waking up with her next to me. It's bizarre, I can feel her there, but still it feels like we're living in some kind of dream. 
uh, still dream, a uh, moving motion picture, a uh, reality show where we are all the actors. She's anxious and in a hurry. It's her birthday. Her anxiousness makes me uncomfortable in the worst way. Plus, I was hungover already in the first place and terribly thirsty. So I turn to her, barely awake, and say, um, please, if you'd be so kind as to not mind as to point me to the exit so I can make my escape. I mean, I know it's her birthday, but I in no way want to celebrate. See, she just wants to get ready again and have a good time, but I just want to find a way to make my escape. What an asshole I can be without even noticing. Why do we hurt those closest to us the most without even noticing? We could all use a wake-up call. There's no salvation in these libations. Only broken hearts and broken promises. It's a rough road we're on with no directions or destinations. Just some preconceived notions served in bursts of each other's recently released emotions felt undeserved. Just two emotionally spoiled, overly jaded, overgrown children building these grand sandcastles in this empire of dirt just to watch them wash away with every ocean surge. Sure, life's a beach, but she's a beast when unleashed, uncurbed. Scratching our nine-inch nails across the class blackboards. See, sometimes getting on nerves is the only way to be hurt. Enthusiasm isn't the same when it's curbed. No, Larry David, just some love and hatred and some feel-good hurt. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that is real. And what have we become, my sweetest friend? Everyone that we know goes away. In the end, my mind spins. She's everything I am. We're too similar to each other. So we're uncomfortable with each other because we're uncomfortable with ourselves. We are two lone souls that do better alone on our own all by ourselves than together. And we could both use some serious assistance, but we're both too proud to ask each other for any help to Proud to be humble, too envious to be appreciative, too wrathful to be at peace, too lazy to put the effort in, too greedy to give our time, too gluttonous to starve our egos, but the lust, oh, the potentness of the lust, the lust just keeps keeping us in, in vain I see so plain she's a victim of her own vanity would rather get a mani-pedi than spend time with a man that loves her madly this is absolute insanity and I want to shake her awake but how can we wake up someone else when we're asleep ourselves true love is hard work and we're not willing to put in the effort and the thought of all we've lost is too much so we sleep it off we party all night and sleep all day because sometimes it's easier to sleep it off than it is to open our eyes and be wide awake i wake up with no shirt on awake but not woke somewhere in silver lake with some girl in her bed my head aches so bad it feels broke no 
hope, just this lingering hurt? When did we become self-inflicted victims of our own vices? Caught in this maze, slaves to our own ways, in the last days of this trip of a lifetime that is the definition of what life is. This is how I cope because it's better than tying the rope. I'm alive not because I want to be. I'm alive because I tried suicide and God said, nope. So now I'm left to my own devices, alone with my own vices, slightly off topic, lightly high while online as I lay here and write this on a mission from God. I don't have my own plan, just have these reeling feelings in both hands that I write with. Damn, what a collective identity crisis. And when did it all become so complicated? What happened to the days of butterflies, fairy tales, and summer somersaults? When did we all become so detached and jaded? And I want to erase this, want to replace this, want to heal and rebuild but it seems I'm too wasted. Face it. After the distractions are all done, you're going to have to face yourself. The fact is basic. For all your actions, when it's all said and done, you'll have no one left to blame but yourself. So after I wake up with no shirt on somewhere in Silver Lake, I attempt my escape because I want to be anywhere else. I escape the bed and make my way downstairs to the bathroom. Splash some cold water on my face. Stare at the man in the mirror and try to get it together. Well, together enough at least to get a shirt on so that I can make my way to the front door. and Get the fuck out of there. Thirty-two, somewhere over the rainbow. I love her, and I hope to one day soon be together again united with her. I pray we see each other somewhere over the rainbow when we've cleansed and are pure enough to see clearly, when we've redeemed ourselves enough to earn our halos, when we finally reach heaven and meet on cloud nine. Kind of like we met that one day on that mountaintop. Yeah, I hope to see her again in a similar place someday, sometime, someplace, somewhere over the rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, in a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Somewhere over the rainbow where skies are blue and the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Sometimes only in the darkest shadows do our deepest secrets come to the light. One of her earliest memories was that of being raped. That's right, no foreplay in this poem right into it like what happened to her when she was torn open. 
One of her earliest memories was not of flowers or ice cream or curious cats. It was her father's curious hands and his lizard fingers slithering their way up her dress, raped by the same one who was supposed to protect her. Painful facts of penis acts. We don't have to let them linger. We can just get them out into the open. I mean, it's so common. It's even happened to the rich and famous. Don't have to let it linger. Just ask the Cranberries, Dolores O'Rarian, or Amy Schumer, or Gabriel Union, or Tori Amos, or Terry Hatcher, or Jane Fonda, or Pamela Anderson, or Lady Gaga, or Madonna, or Kelly McGillis, or Oprah Winfrey, or Fran Dresser, or Monique, or Anna Lynn McCord, or Keisha, or Queen Latifah, or Alyssa Milano, or Ashley Judd, or Ashley Graham. And those are just some of the celebrities. Most commoners are ignored. And even these are just a fraction of the celebrity victims because even women in powerful positions often do not file any reports. But it's not just women that get sexually abused, it happens to men too. The movement transcends gender. So you can also include dudes on the list of Me Too's. And that list of Me Too's include Tim Roth and Scott Whalen, Corey Philman and Santana and Terry Crews, Brendan Fraser and Alex Winter and Anthony Edwards, R. Kelly and Billie Holiday and Tyler Perry too, and that's just to name a few. You see, the truth is sexual abuse is so common that even Common the Rapper has come out and said he was abused. So it makes sense that I can't stand another man's essence. See, I too was molested as a prepubescent adolescent youth. I'll admit it, hey, I'm just grateful it wasn't done by my parents. I've been touched inappropriately. It's time to avow this bruise because we cannot begin healing a wound until we open that wound up. But enough about me already. What about you? Let's bring our collective skeletons out of our community closets so we can stop all this nonsense of these monsters' abuse. How is assault so common yet so often kept covered up? How is it so constant yet the subject completely oppressed? Are we so used to this abuse that we choose to not speak up, silently keeping secret breaches concealed to go unnoticed? No protests, just us capricious divas who remain speechless? I guess I'm not surprised, cause it's kinda exactly like what happens to those that are molested and in turn molest. Defiled young girls staying silent while in scre inside screaming inside. Sometimes it's from outside, but many times it's incest taken advantage of by members of our own tribe disrespected by the same ones elected to protect them homegrown pain happens at home so there's no place to hide it's the worst part of that and the fact that those relatives were that are supposed to preserve and protect are usually the worst pervs hurt so much that it makes me sick her breasts touched by the same man that married the woman that breastfed her, in other words, touched by her gramps. The man who birthed the woman that birthed her now in turns is the one that hurts her. As her grandfather's hands, curious fingers, finds his granddaughter's lap and her earliest innocence and she's not sleeping at all but still she's squeezing tight her eyes closed like if she tries hard enough he'll just evaporate but her hopes go bust because he does not give up he does not disappear instead he grows more insistent 
as he fulfills his sickening, twisted sense of sexuality, taking her innocence and giving her everlasting emptiness. Why do those closest to us cause us the most harm? Why was she more comfortable telling me what had happened than telling her own family what had happened? Maybe because the trust was gone in a flash of passion. And the love was lost forever the moment that the one closest to her betrayed her. Why does the wonderful American dream sometimes feel more like a terrible nightmare, one where you're dreaming that you're being attacked but are so paralyzed by fear that you can't scream or fight back, silenced by the violence that's personally occurring to you and you're trying to pretend you're asleep, but in reality you're wide awake wanting to escape this dream. This is most of what she told me, communicated through her confessions of all of these things, which was a bit surprising considering I'd only just met her moments ago around a campfire at a rainbow gathering, over conversations about God at this festival in the forest. I swear she told me her story knowing that it was important subliminally knowing I was the mouthpiece of our generation, writing words so loud that they can no longer afford to ignore us. A mouthpiece for the speechless, a face for the faceless, a name for the nameless, a case in point for cold cases, so we can at least have a basic basis point of reference in order to give them no other option to any longer ignore us or ignore it, this outcry for all ages, this ageless. Either way, whatever the case may be, she reminded me of a portrait by an artist whose name I cannot recall now. Anyways, that's not that important. Now, where were we at in this story? Ah, yes, I remember now. We were at that campfire where at first I said nothing for I was sure she didn't want to be bothered. I mean, the last thing a girl as beautiful as her needs is another guy telling her how beautiful she is. Though it was true, she was beautiful. She had that timeless neoclassical look. And come to think of it, it was actually somewhat spooky because she reminded me exactly of a living ghost. But I kept all these thoughts to myself until the next day when she appeared again, yes, exactly like a ghost. And this time she spoke first, and after she did, I explained how she reminded me of a portrait by an artist whose name I couldn't recall. She looked at me with vividly electric eyes, staring through my eyes and directly into my soul. She had me instantly and she knew it. And now that she had me, she refused to let me go. So we took a walk up a mountain to my hammock overlooking a mountain range where we had this world that was our own, our own little love bubble without a bit of trouble up there on that mountaintop in that cocoon of a hammock. Damn it, how come nothing good ever lasts that long? We had this moment of ignorant, blissful innocence where we knew nothing of each other's past. We made love, and it felt as pure as summer sun's rays. It's 
ironic to think that two people so tainted and in pain can make love in such a purely pure and feel-good, wonderful way. It's ironic to think that the very thing that had dirty us was also assisting us to wash us clean. And uh, I don't need to go into any more details on that. You know, all the obscene things that we've seen, because if you've been through the kind of things that we've been through, then you already know what I mean. I don't have to explain. I guess our resolve was and is a testament to the power of true love. Amazed as she wrote me, it felt like I was making love with a priceless portrait, as if a painting in a museum had come to life and embraced me in all of its colors like that film loving Vincent except in this film no one is innocent even when gorgeous her sparkling hair reflected sunlit rainbows her vivid electric eyes reflected the greens of the rolling grass she came I came we came and then after we both came onto my chest she collapsed Into my arms, I held her. There was no future, nor any past. In that beautiful moment, there was only these two loner lovers balancing together in a miraculous balancing act, unmasked. God damn, how come nothing this good ever really lasts? We rested with each other, healing each other as much as we could on that mountain in that hammock. And yeah, we made plans, but hey, we all know what happens. When we make plans, God laughs. At this point, I still knew nothing of her past and she still knew nothing of mine. See, when you're really in the moment, the past seems irrelevant, at least some of the times. And the future seems far away and all you want is the moment that you're in to last forever with the one that you're in it with. And speaking of the moment and forever and lasting, where was it at that we were at again anyways? Ah, yes, I remember now. I was walking her back down the mountain where we found a camp serving food. This was a rainbow gathering after all, remember? So there was free food in the woods. And it was there that she told me absolutely everything. She told me she'd been raped so many times that she'd lost count, first by her grandfather, then by her father, then by strangers. I tried to stay strong when she asked me to hold her so as she told me I safely held her as she proceeded to tell the most painful stories I've ever heard without shedding a single tear. So strong she was for being so delicate. I asked her how her molestations had happened so she could express herself and maybe finally make some sense of it. She said she didn't exactly know. I asked her she'd ever gone to the police. She said, definitely no, I asked her why not, and what she said next seriously surprised me. 
She says she'd never wanted to get any of the men in trouble because as much as they'd abused her, she's felt sorry for the guys. She'd had pity for them and always tried to emphasize, and this hit me like the heaviest of epiphanies, tears hitting my eyes. She said she'd talk to each one after they'd done what they'd done. She talks to her father and also to her grandfather. She told them she understood that it wasn't their fault that they had had a perverse disease that had become a problem, or more specifically, a disordered, distorted sickness, and this cycle had to stop, that there's no other option, so she confronted them. This cycle has to stop. This cycle has to be stopped. I shouldn't have to be the voice for these girls and be the one that talks about rape. She shouldn't have to share these secrets with me secretly because these things shouldn't be happening in the first place. But this is not a world of shouldos and couldos. This is a world of facts, wraths, and exacts. This is a world of loud brags, bad acts, and silent abuses. And I'm sick of this sickness. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? Why does this continue to happen? How can we make amends, defend, and mend ourselves, heal ourselves at least enough to make sure that this never again happens? Because prevention is better than cure, so how do we stop these things from happening in the first place? How can we find a way where families can feel safe so that no more horrors have to occur at, at kids' birthdays? And Speaking of happening, where was it we were at again? Ah, yes. I was talking with her at that camp where we'd found food in the woods. Served comfort food. This was a rainbow gathering after all, remember? So there was free food in the woods, and it was here that I offered her my everything. In a way, it was my way of trying to compensate for all the horrible men in her existence. I wanted to truly share pure love with her without worries, where we could be in love together without resistance. I told her she could run away with me, that we'd be safe. I told her I saved up more than just a small fortune, enough to share. I offered her my hand and the prospect of making a home, I offered her the option of helping us create a sanctuary where we could have a place where people cared, a safe place for anyone else that's ever been abused so that they could finally lay and get some rest and peace. And, and I thought maybe I was just as bad as her abusers, see, I'd had sex with her too, and yes, the sex was 100% consensual, and yes, that's 100% the truth, but it still felt wrong when she told me of her past. It still made me feel like she'd been taken advantage of, and that maybe I'd taken advantage of that fact. And so, I guess in a way, we both felt sick. We both held things in that we still had to come out and admit. Like how suicide was something we both tried to commit, and how we don't know what the point of any of this actually is. And because of all of this and how twisted we both were, I already knew before I asked that there was no way she would accept my offer. Because when someone's been wrong that much for that long, they no longer know what's right any longer. Sometimes someone is so far gone that they don't see the truth and escape from future rapes just don't seem worth the bother. See, 
Sometimes when you've been wronged your whole life, you lose sight of what right is. And honestly, I feel exactly the same way as her sometimes, which is exactly why I took to time to write this, to tell her I know and I still love her. And I hope to one day be together soon, united with her. I pray we see each other somewhere over the rainbow when we've cleansed and are finally pure enough to see clearly, when we've redeemed ourselves enough to earn our halos, when we finally reach the heavens and meet on cloud nine. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, in a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Somewhere over the rainbow where skies are blue and the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Thirty-three, son of a gun in the wild west. Culture vultures dining on the carcasses of unsuspecting artists who recently departed this culture that acts as if everyone is targeted and surprised we are, whether bisexual or bipartisan or both, no vote, only the onset of consumer communism swimming in a mainstream socialist monarchism, a subconscious stream of consciousness consumed by a constantly contradicting condition of postmodern consumerism, an avalanche of retail therapy and the avant of avant-gardism doesn't have to be a better product or improved edition, just has to be better packaged packaged and more effectively marketed, sold our souls for glitter, not gold, the ego is an extortionist, don't own anything anymore, not even our own cognizance, lost every investment we ever made like back when the Great Depression hit. Just look at what the mass media market did. Our collective memories and ancient traditions all but forgotten. Rewired genes and designer genes on intoxicants, symbolizing a degenerative disease like Parkinson's. Want to end this madness badly, but don't know who started it. So who can we blame but ourselves in all honestness? As we absorb virtual reality and ignore actual reality, we slip into a vivid, collectively created occultism of Oculus Rift. We drift into the abyss of dark indifferences. Neglecting the blueprint. Everybody's a studio gangster these days, just ask 50 Cent. Ethically bankrupt, lazy play daisies too spent to invent, futilely trying to copy Jay-Z's original blueprint. But nobody has a DJ clue what to do or where to begin. Nor a tie dollar to spare, still everyone's got their two cents. All opinions given without consideration for common sense. No motivational wisdom taken from the grand architect. What good is giving good advice if no one has taken it or even taking the time to listen, they just dismiss it quick. Showing off trophies, boldly donating charity checks, acting like champions, we bear and beat our chest, wearing fool's gold and blood diamonds to gain respect. Sitting on the throne, but we've won nothing yet. Honestly, feels like we haven't even started yet. Still, we feel exhausted from this rat race for dominance. Slaves of an alien race hand on our hearts, we pledge allegiances with our unquestioning obedience and faux pas ambiance. And it's all almost over for our entire empire, so every moment better cherish it. Bleached white robes with chipco sandals, we hold the reins to Her Majesty's chariots. 
Whipping the 500 horses to a froth with no compassion at all. Our kings are all pawns and our princes are all the pettiest. Whipping in a Cadillac, crashing into a pole and walking off. Driving in the fast lane, living the fast life gets you very quick. So I try and pace it and not get too wasted. Still, I feel very sick. Seems like it's time to go, but honestly, I'm not ready yet. So when the captain screams, you move too slow, sailor. That's when my time is up and it's time to depart this ship. But you can't rush good art and I'm articulating artisan. So I keep being an artist until departing on a Martian ship. Artfully getting away with the heist of the day, no pardoning. In a constant state of affairs is why I haven't married yet. Which of course means no divorce from any or all of this. So I continue to translate transmissions without prejudice. Love is star-crossed and colorblind in its brilliance like Edison. And my wonder mind shines in Wonderland's luminescence as I illustrate illustrious illuminations of wonderment off every possible edifice in this hedonistic Eden's matrix trick electrically arrange ambiance and this electric renaissance is enough to effectively deliver this rebels renegade testament i write light before i become just another martyr for the martians master plans my words are honest sonnets on tablets of monocultured monograms monoglyphs that shine like a lighthouse beacon on the top of the tower of babel atop a cavernous monolith this is all honest in all honestness here at the docks, with assorted goddesses and narcissistic walruses, all the way up, going down under. Not trying to be negative, but the only thing I'm positive is culture vultures continue dining on the carcasses of unsuspecting artists who recently departed this culture that acts as if everyone is targeted. And surprised we are, whether bisexual or bipartisan. So stay up, keep up, and keep open your eyelids, kid, because the Hunger Games have just started it. This is all honest and all honestness, honestly, kid. And I'm open to discuss almost anything except religion and of course politics so if you're having an issue then tell me what the problem is and maybe we can solve it quick and just admit it if you're involved in some kind of conflict and maybe we can resolve it quick just please whatever you do do not blame the dalai lama or obama's broken promises see we all have soiled wings just like these vultures that pick at our carcasses as we dine on soiling green served hot from the melting pot of concubine colleges with charlton heston and a smith and weston concealed just in case the drama pops off and they want to start some shit can't be too careful especially these days wrong right black white day night everything has its opposites so even the kindest animals can turn into carnivorous cannibals when all this left is blown kisses well wishes dirty dishes corrupt princes and spiritual paralysis this is the age of the dawning of aquarius and the end of our passing genesis what do I know? I'm just a son of a gun. On the run, riding this mystic, futuristic hit list. Dressed to the nines with a bottle of moonshine, a bunch of empty cartridges, and some fellow philosophists. In the wild west with Clint Eastwood and Billy the Kid. Clean as a whistle, mixing addictions with additives. Inventing new recipes with Dirty Harry's pharmacists. As the good, bad, and the ugly, along with other accomplices, take shots off dancing in acid rain while eating on magic cactuses, howling at the full moon with peyote coyotes, it's ridiculous, laughing phantasms, absent-minded off the absent misks. Alive, right here, left, four dead, insane and out of practice with. No clean water in the canteen to drink and circling other culture vultures just above our heads. 
this teenage wasteland has no purpose with riffraff rats that can't act and jackrabbits that lack genitals religious radicals in the crosshairs of deserted desert tortoises tumbleweeds and embryos snake oil salesmen on pedestals see these badlands are so bad that it's painfully obvious they can make even the most stout professional professionals fill themselves with doubt, seem and act just like silly little naive novices. Can't get a massage out here, nowhere is there any happy endings in these vortexes. There's nothing left to see here at all in this mirage. Oh well, I guess, except the bloody reds of my rusty gun as it tarnishes. Vision getting blurry, bodies stopped. But my mind's still hurry, that's exactly what anxious exhaustion is. And I'd escape if I knew a way out, but instead I just stay and lay. Because honestly, I'm not sure if I have any other options left. See, I knew I would go. Told you before, everyone is targeted. So soon it seems that I too will just be another one of the unsuspecting artisans that the culture vultures overhead dine on when feeling peckish-ish. And in their ravenous rage, I'll be torn apart in bits. Terminated. No Terminator, but you can bet, like Arnold said, I'll be back, as if I just started this. Thirty-four. Soul dreaming, lost and found. Lost you in a dream last night. Seems somehow you'd gone away. Tried frantically to find your number in my phone, but by the time I did successfully find it, I'd already forgotten your name. Dreams are funny that way. Just when you think you've got someone, that someone you think you had goes away. See, dreams seem so real until you awake alone. But how and what does that matter now? If life is but a dream, and if life is but a dream to our soul, then what becomes of our life's dream when we finally say goodbye and exit this world? Left with just memories of memories, and already even these emotions feel abstract. And we can take all the time we want when we're dreaming, but when we awake, we can't take a single moment back. How real is that? Already, everything's fading to black. Getting tired, 
So tired, exhausted, can barely get these words written down. Barely get those words read out loud. Alive, right now, right here, left out here with the walking dead, fuzzy headed, over medicated, fading out. What was that? Did you say something? What was that you said? Is what you said or are saying merely just more lonely words? Only lonely words is what I'm writing, merely only lonely words. All these only words, all these only words, this blessing starting to feel like a curse. Uh, I want to be alone, but I do not want to feel lonely, of course. So please be so kind, kind enough to hold me. I need some support. Of course, can't return, getting bored, so bored. Tired, so tired, exhausted. Please, if you be so kind as to remind me why I write, then I'll return the favor and I'll be so kind as to remind you why you're alive. And I know it all doesn't make perfect sense right now, but like all good things, one day it will, it just needs some time. That's why when I lost you in my dream last night and got the chills, I told myself to chill even though it seemed you'd gone away. And I tried frantically to find your number on my phone. By the time I successfully did, I'd already forgotten your name. Oh well, I guess dreams are funny that way. See, just when you think you've got someone, that someone you think you had goes away. See, dreams are so real until that moment you wake all alone. Thirty-five, soul food, bon appetit. Never said I was a good role model or a good influence. Rarely made roll call, told y'all not approve, was never prudent. Was a social influencer long before the days of IG emojis or memes. Played hooky, no class attendance, the truest to be truant. Old school, hard knocks, night class student. No rules, that's so true. I told you, I know dudes. I know truth, that's so true. Food for thought, and you look hungry, so eat it up like soul food. Soulful, at the same time, so rude. I know lies, I've seen spies on assignment from some energy vampires, sold us dreams or rather traded them to us for our desires. It's a barter system. Ashy Ashby flea market, used goods with a modern modest markup, a few fruits, leather shoes, and vintage jeans with warm pockets, red hot chili peppers, incense resin, vintage denim, used clothes, retro leather headdresses with Indian feathers, essential oils, sandalwood rose, tapestries dressed in ohms, and whatever else in this world can possibly be bought and sold. Will it ever end? 
Who knows? Honestly, who the fuck cares? I mean, I never said I was a good role model or a good influence. Rarely made a roll call, told y'all not approved was never prudent. Was a social influencer long before the days of IG emojis or memes. Played hooky, no class attendance, the truest to be truant. Always on the precipice of continuous congruence. Never said that I was a good role model. Thought you should know though that you could probably market my whole model USA 84 American made like a cherry red Mustang the only solo bro you know with a twin throttle white as lightning in a gold bottle with a suntan slave and sultan this is the new and improved super duper model it's both a compliment as well as insulting and yeah you're into that now but that's my old model on to the next Rockefeller checks ace of spades and pockets gold bottles no bono, no homo, no YouTube, no YouTube, not to be too rude, not even if I'm half-baked fondling another dude's man boobs, just another loco homebro with Kilo as a Pablo's OG Primo Coco jagging up the gene pool with D-E-A, D-N-A in an alphabet soup, except the plot is thick so the soul is more of a stew, appetite or destruction, I told you, these words are soul food. Play hoops, shoot for the stars, send your whole soul through. Go ahead, it's worth the shot. Don't worry, I got your back, I got you. You can choose. You can go for the three solo, or go all in and pass it to your bro for the alley-oop. Yeah, maybe my attitude's totally screwed. So what? I mean, seriously, what's that got to do with you? Maybe I'm a pompous pooch that deserves to be sued, but whatever, I refuse to be used to the point of abuse. No, I won't be subdued or allow any stooge to dilute our truth. Vision's astute when it comes to obtaining the goals pursued. No limits. So if you want it, get out there and go get it. Told you before, there's no rules. Never said I was a good role model or a good influence. Really made roll call, told y'all, not approved was never prudent was a social influencer long before the days of IG emojis or memes. Played hooky, no class attendance. I was the truest to be true. Old school, hard knocks, night class student. No rules, that's so true. I told you, I know dudes. I know true, that's so true. Food for thought, and you look hungry. So eat it up, soul food, soulful. Same time, so thirty six Space Needle Record Spins. It's raining out in space at the Space Needle in Seattle. Put the needle to the record, let it play. The record spins at an agreeable pace to take the pain away. I'll do whatever it takes. Every song sounds cliche. We're stressed out, domesticated, and wild. Got these knots in my stomach again. Hey, how have you been? I know it's been a while, but we're back in the Swedish house, Mafia with John Martin, and God says... Don't you worry, don't you worry, child. See, heaven's got a plan for you. How have you been? 
I know it's been a while. So what's up with you? After all this time has passed, have you finally found your truth? So time's only relevant. So in the future, we'll reminisce about the one time when we collided on our way to Earth as two souls have been sent when our stars crossed in simultaneous ascension into the darkness of this infinitely deep abyss, which led to the spontaneous combustion of our heavenly bodies and all their magnificence, like ships passing in the night, whatever to get our minds right, whatever to take the edge away from us, to numb the pain, take the edge away from then end happy with a migraine passing trains train tracks trains wreck we connect a flash of lights i i i am by your side everything else fades fire in your eyes flicker like fireflies it's gonna be a fire night because both of us still fight for our rights ships passing in the night whatever to get our minds right whatever to take the edge away from us to numb the pain take the edge away first then end happy with a migraine passing trains train tracks trains wreck we connect a flash of lights i i I am by your side, everything else fades, fire in your eyes, flicker like fireflies, it's gonna be a firefight, cause both of us still fight for our rights, we fight for our rights all the time, like how chances come as flash floods do across desert plains. You had me, you held me, you had your way with me, you waged your war, then left me on the battlefield, slayed, laid across that battlefield, chest open, Heart exposed and drained, love light extinguished, lighter out of lighter fluid. Thought I had the answer. I thought that you knew it. Opportunities come like thunderstorms. Don't want to hear that you had your chance and then blew it. So don't blow it, just go with it. If life gives you lemons, make lemonade, bro. Go outside and build a snowman if it's snowing. It's raining out in space. Space needle in Seattle, put the needle to the record and let it play. The record spins at an agreeable pace to take the pain away. I'll do whatever it takes. And every song sounds cliche. We're stressed out, domesticated, and wild. Got these knots in my stomach again. Hey, how have you been? Yeah, I know it's been a while. But we're back now in the Swedish house, Mafia with John Martin. And God says... Don't you worry, don't you worry, child. See, heaven's got a plan for you. How have you been? Yeah, I know it's been a while, so what's up with you? After all this time has passed by, have you finally found your truth? Thirty-seven. Speaking easy, salsa rock. At a genuine Colombian speakeasy, where we party as if we step back in time. Reminds me of Sayers back in the day in L.A. with Rumor Willis and Mike. Poser as well as reminds me to wonder why we still have to hide after all this time. Why do the brightest lights always have to hide all their shine? Why must we hide the actions of our passions or even assume that we have to? Why do you let your assumptions of other people's assumptions overtly oppress and effectively control you? This 
psychological oppression has been going on way too long. Been going on since long before Scotty Bowers, since long before the Stonewall Uprising in Greenwich Village, since long before speakeasies and secret bars, since long before gays were allowed to legally parent children. I mean, what's the problem? It's not hard to tell. Queers can be macho too, just ask Pacho from the Cali Cartel. Gaysters have been running affairs since way back when, from underground clubs in Manhattan to cafes in Amsterdam, from San Francisco to the not-so-well-kept secret bars in Marrakesh, where rumor has it the king is even gay, likes to play, and smoke hash. And hey, I'm not gay, I'm just saying everyone deserves some respect. Everyone deserves the time of day, even if they're dressed up in drag. We need not hide to feel relaxed enough to dance and express. LGBT should just be human being. It's as simple as that. Nobody owns our bodies. We have the right to choose what we choose to do and who we do and who we choose to do it with. That's our personal preference. So why do some of the places that we socialize still have to hide behind a secret insurance? And there's that word again secret well hell i'm tired of hiding i'm coming out of the closet and i'm not even gay i'm just being honest i want to openly dance salsa at this speakeasy in colombia with beautiful men and beautiful women we are all gods my god we are the most beautiful gentleman monsters so take this dance with me salsa so it'd be rude to refuse let's Catch that Saturday night fever like John Travolta, cause outside the guest list is tight, but inside we're footloose. Getting real loose, with nothing to lose and nothing to hide. At a genuine Colombian speakeasy, where we party as if we step back in time. Reminds me of Sayers way back in the day in LA with Rumor Willis and Mike Poser. Reminds me to wonder why after all this time has passed by, why do we still have to hide? Have some pride. Dress yourself up and go outside. That's right. Thirty-eight. Spontaneous combustion. I am indebted her like a samurai that's why she is my girl and i am her guy she is my mermaid and i am her slave so i always make sure to come second and she always makes sure to take first place at worst case i knew she'd get me with the right hook and a nice look because i'm a sucker for a good flirt with good words almost as much as i'm a sucker for good books so i took the bait hook line and sinker she reeled me and i was landed she got me with the right hook even though she's left-handed In public we keep a low profile Though we do have high standards Take nothing for granted I hand her my lands on the ground where I'm standing Total opposites, that's why we fit together perfectly Every moment spontaneous with no planning See, existence exists in every instant An instance of this is the embodiment of existential bliss Which happens when her and I unite Our unity is recognized with a glance and then sealed with a kiss Like a rose, I suppose, which is another pop reference Seal, kiss, rose Now do you get it? 
See, there are similarities in my similes and metamorphosis in my metaphors, and I'm not anal about my apologies nor allergic to the verses, so there's always more in store. In other words, no sneezing when I reason nor apologies, just exceptions to the rules with tools that are exemplary. Topic always hot like that shop at the mall is. That's us when we're on fire like Phoenix and Phoenix. She saved me after I've been crucified and burned, not by romance, but by romance. So I owe her my whole soul like Jesus. I mean this. Spoken art lights up from our dark, dark hearts. Broken hearts of darkness broke apart, lit the spark. We are spontaneous combustion in our own utopia. Sipping Coppola, Rosso at Blancano, lightning bolts lighting up the sky. She's where I put my trust in. When we're together, no matter the weather, everything's better. This is not the same old apocalypse. This is whole new origin. Never rusting nor rushing. Her mom died on Mother's Day, so we went to the beach. She protected me from myself, and I protected her from the wind. See, we live life grateful for every moment of our lives, because we all know we're all going to go. We just don't know when. Well, one day you'll be gone, and your love will be gone. One day we'll all get lost, and then get gone with the wind. Until then, no time for pretend. This is real love, no counterfeit. This is both generous and genuine, as well as loyal and constant. When, with her, here, I feel found. Her heartbeat in her chest is my lullaby for restless nights. I feel safest when I hear the sound of her heart as it pounds. See, I've always been a fighter, a guardian, a gladiator. So I'm glad when with her because she holds me tight where I feel safe enough that I can finally let my guard down, relax fully and not have to worry about fleeing or fighting. And that's why I am indebted to her like a samurai. And that's why she is my girl and I am her guy. She is my mermaid and I am her slave. So I always make sure to come second. And she... She always makes sure to take first place. Thirty-nine. Stay blessed. Wake, stretch, give thanks, namaste, stay blessed. Yoga is a good daily meditation. It always defeats a bad head depression. So clear your head, do a few sun salute yoga poses and a quick morning meditation. You don't have to meditate for 90 minutes every day. Even just a few minutes a day helps in so many ways. And I know you are impatient and want to go, but before you do relax, sit in the lotus pose, let your eyes close, namaste. Your body is your temple. Honor it accordingly. It's important to support it, tune in, and respect yourself faithfully. That's why, personally, I mix my asanas with OG vegetables. Pasta sauce, but no pasta, nah, because I'm gluten-free. Stay hydrated, invariably drink at least eight glasses a day, made it successfully out of the gutters and off of the streets. From lower class, low society, to the upper echelons of high society, it's okay to celebrate it perpetually, celebrating like a celebrity when you made it this way. 
Now I have the luxury to work on personal self-improvement, study philosophy, explore countries on world travel expeditions, traveling leisurely with amazingly beautiful guy and girlfriends, practicing jujitsu with the Gracies in Beverly Hills with BJJ sessions. Understand that these hands can massage your tensions, or if you're a threat, they can choke you into submission. I could plant a seed that gives birth to life for a tree, or I could take away a life in less than eight seconds. Forget the matrix. I can get life and take it life away. Say it's all just a matter of opinions and intentions. Seems those who had it the hardest sometimes become the most self-made. Makes sense since necessity is the mother of all inventions. Shout out to Plato, I mean Plato, for coming up with that one. As we mold our motto, or rather our future, like Plato. See, we literally made everything we have. We are literally our own creations. It's incredible what we can manifest. As cliche as that sounds, it's true. See, you are the master of your own destiny, so you can decide if you will win or lose. Every morning is a new day. Every morning is a new chance to choose. Don't let yesterday's regrets hold you back from tomorrow's potential goals. Get rid of any addictions you might have. If those addictions don't serve your soul, see, maybe reincarnation is real, or maybe it's not. Nobody knows. Either way, you're definitely alive right now. And right now, this life light is all you've got, so let it shine and let it show. This life is yours, so live your life. After all, that's why they call it living. And give thanks for every meal as if every meal is Thanksgiving. And no, I didn't mean any disrespect by not being PC. To have any living or deceased Native American Indians mad at me, I'm just saying it's good to give thanks. See, I have a saying, if you don't thank God for your blessings, then you'll soon not have any more blessings to thank God for. And if you're not thankful and grateful, then why even do anything at all in the first place? So give thanks, not only to God, but also to your friends. Give thanks to God for your friends. Give thanks to your friends for their time, to your friends as well. And not only to God as well as your friends, but also give thanks to yourself. Stay focused, be true. Come and go in peace to remember my only piece of advice, and that's that everything ultimately is up to you. So what are you going to do? What choices are you going to make? Are you going to be one of the real ones that shines, or are you just going to be another one of the front and fakes? Choose wisely, and above all, be good to all beings, including yourself and others. Give thanks nightly, and remember to get rest well, which means getting at least eight hours. I mean, it varies, so remember to listen to your body and get as much sleep as you need so you can awake refreshed and always remember pay attention to your dreams. That's eight glasses of water a day and eight hours of sleep. And finally, let go of all regrets and the associated stress that those regrets bring. No time to waste, so now is the time to start practicing. Awake. Stretch. Give thanks. Namaste. Stay blessed. Yoga is a good daily meditation. It always defeats a bad head depression. So clear your head. Go ahead. Do a few sun salute yoga poses as well as a quick morning meditation. You don't have to meditate for 90 minutes every day. Even just a few minutes a day helps in so many ways. And I know you're impatient and want to go because you've got things to do. But before you do, just relax. Align your spine. Sit in the lotus pose. Let your eyes close. There you go. Relax. Namaste.
40. Steven Spielberg. Told we're not supposed to call it the third world anymore. That the politically correct term is developing world. It's not first and second world, it's developed and developing world. I thought, what difference does it make? The same disparities still exist regardless of if the names change, the problems still remain. When did Amazon.com replace the actual Amazon basin? And how many acres of Amazon rainforests were burned just today? And how many voluntarily ignore all these environmental atrocities because they're too busy selfishly ordering items off Amazon and eBay to donate to groups that are actually trying to make a real change and get forests saved like RAN, the Earth Alliance, or the COICA. Meanwhile, in other news, we choose to ignore the real news. Our priorities all screwed. That's why more attention is paid to Kardashians' latest fashion antics and NFL action dramatics than to the disparities and crises that continue to remain. Regardless if the crisis is humanitarian or environmental, most of us are too emotionless to care. So to us, it's all the same. From the Congo, Sudan, Somalia, Afghanistan, and Yemen to Ethiopia, Nigeria, and Syria, same problems, different names. We're quick to look down on a mob boss or a third world despot because he executes a few troops to make his statement plain. But who are we to judge? If you ask me, all humans are fucked up. And at the end of the day, nothing really seems to matter anyways. We are all aggressively passive, lethargic agitators. We'd rather get lost in our Instagram's timelines than found in our real life's timeline. Beast of burden or disguise as beauties that are benign while the United Nations scientists try to sound the alarm saying we've only got a decade to get things right. Otherwise, there will be environmental catastrophes of the kinds where no one can run and there's nowhere to hide. The likes of which the world has never seen. Irreversible, it affects everyone equally worldwide. Destroying mankind indiscriminately one event at a time. Regardless of one's funds, political connects or ties We can't pay our moral debts with dollar signs So in effect, our collective neglects leading to global environmental suicide Anyways, whatever, enough of that Where am I now? I'm flying high through the sky on an Air New Zealand flight Watching a documentary about Spielberg and his career in the film industry's phenomenal rise And how some critics pointed to his rise to the demise of real cinematographic art being distributed worldwide But the fact is, critics are just critics, they get paid to criticize And that's exactly why most of us artistic types would argue that on the contrary, everything is art, nothing is excluded Every scene seen on screen as well as every real life scene too Only differences with real life, it feels like there's no break time That everyone's forgotten their lines and there's no script the camera's always rolling, the director never yells cut, and even when fed up, we can't just walk off the set and call it quits. What the heck is this? What kind of sick joke is someone playing? I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got a great life, I'm not complaining at all, I'm just saying. It feels like we're not only forced to watch this odd comedy, but compelled to participate in this peculiar musical as well. In the front row with coke feeling awkward, non-popcorn watching cop porn, taking notes like Malcolm Gladwell. Talking to strangers, plotting our black swan song for the encore, force-fed messages all in, but not attached to any of the outcomes at all. The common dreams from haunted screams and mirrored halls, where all outliers, nothing's fair, who's the fairest of them all. This collective mind of ours sure has some dark places, everyone scared of sacred waters because of Jaws. Perceptions alter, sparks 
fears that lead to the slaughter of the majestic prehistoric fish known as the shark. The fact is, sharks only kill approximately six humans a year, while humans kill approximately 100 million sharks. So who's the real predator here? Don't say Arnold, armed running wild, armed in this Jurassic Park after dark. That's just the tip of the proverbial iceberg with Spielberg. Think of how many other ways he's altered our perceptions with his films about aliens, wars, and natives, with his portrayals of projections of possible misconceptions. For example, did you know Jurassic Park came out in 1993? Then just three years later, in 1996, the first animal was cloned? See, it's all related from Dolly Parton to Keith's Dolly the Sheep from InGen's Velociraptors to CRISPR's genomes. Yeah, think about all of that. Or don't think about any of it at all. Just turn off the lights, turn on a screen and watch a show. That way you don't have to overthink anything besides most of us don't realize the movie is over until the credits roll. Oh no, here we go. Another poem about things we should know, but don't. Like life's disparities and the reprogramming of our souls. It's gross when a single movie grosses more than an entire country's annual gross. From Tomb Raider to Raiders of the Lost Ark, for centuries Westerners have embarked on missions and conquests and explorations willing to do almost anything bold and bizarre for those gold bars. And I've got a not so sneaking suspicion we're being controlled. Mostly done subliminally, it's murder, she wrote, asked Lansbury. Which explains why E.T. and Poltergeist were made at the same time, shot simultaneously, and even considered kinda the same movie. That's why Steven Spielberg was quoted while filming, saying, Poltergeist represents the nightmares, and E.T. represents the dreams. Truly. True story, but oh well. What does any of that matter now anyways? If life is but a dream and we are all lost to sea on a boat, then we're all gonna die in the physical sense at least. And I don't know if that's true at all, but it's what I've been told. And again, I've been told a lot of things got me thinking someone isn't wise just because they're old. So I'd advise you take all food for our soul with a grain of salt as well as all advice as you want, you know, because something isn't true just because it's something that was told. For example, I was told we're not supposed to call it the third world anymore, that the politically correct term is developing world. It's not first and second world, it's developed and developing world. Got me thinking, what difference does it really make? The same disparities still exist regardless of if the names change. The problems still remain. When did Amazon.com replace the Amazon Basin and how many acres of actual Amazon rainforest were burned just today? And how many voluntarily ignore these environmental atrocities because they're too busy selfishly ordering items off Amazon and eBay? donate to groups that are actually trying to make a real change and get the actual real forest saved, like RAN, Earth Alliance, or the COICA. Well, you want my advice? I've got to say, if you believe in karma or having a soul or heaven or God at all, I suggest you donate what you can. Starting today, 
And don't delay, because there's not a moment of time to waste. And with that, we conclude um, part five of the audio journey of the Hollywood Hills Trilogy, Volume 3. Um, yeah, and I just, you know, that last piece uh, that I wrote that, uh, that you heard, Steven Spielberg, go ahead and donate something to one of those environmental groups. You know, it doesn't have to be a lot, even if it's just a few dollars. Whether it's a few dollars or a few thousand dollars, donate something. You'll feel better about it, honestly. Um, and yeah, I mean, all the money I make from my books all goes to charity also. So it's nice to give a little. Um, you know, give what you can. And I'll leave you with that. Uh, see, you, see you back here for uh, part five. Peace and love.